0: Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Good afternoon and welcome to Engage for Success Radio show number 368, Developing Strategies to Engage and Inspire. So today we're going to be talking about how to develop those strategies to engage and inspire people in your teams and communities, including in times of adversity. I'm Joe Dodds, your host for today. I'm an engagement consultant working within the Engage Success core team. The Engage Success movement is an inclusive movement committed to the idea that there is a better way to work by releasing more of the capability and potential of people at work. We spread the word about employee engagement and shine a light on good practice, inspiring people and workplaces to thrive. And we're widely supported across the UK, involving the public, private and third sectors. If you go to our website, engagesuccess.org, and use the link at the bottom of the page, you can join our newsletter list, and all our social media links are there too. So my guest today is Georgina Clark of Ascent Wellbeing. Hi, Georgina, thanks for joining me. Is
1: that how you say it? <laughs> should check that? Oh, yeah, that's, that's how you say it. Well done, Joe. Yeah, it's a sent, <laughs> Ascent Wellbeing, like going up a mountain or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> that
0: <was> lovely. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Yeah, we, we met about, well, literally the week before lockdown, we were at a health and wellbeing event in Birmingham, weren't we? And we had a, a good old chat, and uh, you're now on the show, or maybe that was last year. I'm just thinking, our show's books so far ahead, it might have even been last year.
1: <laughs> no, 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 Joe, it wasn't. It was um, about the 10th and 11th of March, so it was oh, just yeah. before everything went into lockdown. So it's one of the, our yeah. last outings out, I think.
0: It was, yeah, it was. in the time of we didn't know whether we were supposed to shake hands or or distance or not or or cough into our elbow. We're probably supposed to do that anyway, aren't we? And uh, yeah, it was all a bit odd and odd that we were still in a, a sort of a large people situation, so so close to uh, to it all happening. In fact, we spoke to them a couple of weeks ago, and uh, it's um, looking like it all being virtual, not surprisingly, uh, next year. So uh, interesting. So tell us a bit about your background and why you wanted to come on and talk to us about employee engagement in general and also in engaging and inspiring our people yeah well
1: um, my background is uh, probably about 20 years I've worked in um, public health and health inequalities um, type field Um, a large part of that was in the public sector in kind of communities um, but I've also worked in, in the private sector as well. Um, and, and really, I suppose a lot of my roles in the past, they've been quite eclectic. I've, I've kind of run services, developed strategies, a lot of sort of project and programme management. Um, but the sort of common theme, I suppose, with, within it all um, has been sort of people um, and bringing out the best in people, people's wellbeing, people's strengths um and engagement really which i suppose is why i connected uh, with you guys and 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 the program that you're running um which you know i was really drawn to because i think engagement is the heart um of, of a lot of things really in terms of how we engage with each other how we engage with ourselves um so my background's been mainly sort of health and wellbeing projects um more recently, I set up a cent well being to look at uh, more sort of workplace uh well being um but as I say, a large part of what I've done is in communities but Mm -hmm. Uh, probably about 10 years ago now um, I came across positive psychology Um, the the way that I came across that was um, you know I worked a lot in the public sector for councils and large charities and things Um, and I think we were doing some sort of sexual health and mental health programs um, in communities and one of my tasks that I've been given was to look at all the data in a particular community um, you know to look at kind of what we needed to do and it was all the problems that were going on in the community so I was looking at obesity rates and the rates of alcohol consumption and the deprivation Um, and I remember I had a bit of a light bulb moment where I just thought you know what if I lived in this community um, I wouldn't feel very empowered you know to have all this sort of deficit um, data around what we're doing when, you know, I might feel quite proud of my community and there's a lot of assets and strengths in my community. Um, So I started looking um, at that and I found this field called positive psychology, which was fairly new, actually. Um, And I found that that lots of psychologists had been thinking the same as me in that they thought, you know, traditional psychology has been very um, focused on deficit, really, and illness. Um and positive psychologists felt that there was a gap there about you know potential and the study of happiness and the study of human strengths um so I started to get very um interested in that area, and so probably for the last sort of five ten years um i've been looking at how we can use positive psychology and well-being principles to kind of um, create projects which improve people's health and well So one of the reasons
0: that um, I was really keen to talk to you following our conversation when we first met was a bit like uh, Scott Gould, who has um, got the accolade of being the person who's been on the radio show most often. (laughs) Um, You have uh, a sort of engagement background that that isn't employee engagement per se. You've already said it's obviously a lot of it about um, community. And you and I had a bit of a conversation about those sort of similarities and, and taking some of the principles that you've been using um into the workplace um from a community sort of angle tell us a bit more about that what you know what you see in terms of importance of uh community
1: engagement and where you see that sort of connects to the workplace yeah well i think yeah when I spoke to you it was it was about that how I've noticed how similar that is that sort of staff and Hmm. workplace engagement and community engagement is very similar really because if you think about it it's about engaging people and inspiring people you know both in the community and at work and I suppose you know I was thinking about this before I came on the show two of the key strands I would say that I think um, overlap there Um, I, I talked about strengths so, um, looking at people's strengths and how you can harness people's strengths you know it's the same in the community as it is in the workplace so we at Ascent Wellbeing we look at Uh, strengths quite a lot in terms of the field of positive psychology and why strengths are different from skills are that strengths are more sort of naturally what are innate within us you know our natural strengths as opposed to things that we learn and we become good at and we may become very competent at things but they could drain us so I'll give you an example of a workplace that I worked in where we looked at a team's strengths um, and we found there was a a guy who worked in the team who was brilliant at presentations, um, and he was always wheeled out whenever there was like a motivational speech or a presentation uh, to be done. Um, and when we did everybody's strengths, interestingly. Um, his strengths around presenting and that kind of thing um, came up as a learned behavior, which means that you can become very competent at it, but it drains you. And when we spoke to him, he said, yeah, I really don't enjoy them, but I keep being wheeled out to do them. And I suppose in the workplace, the idea is with strengths that you we all have to do things sometimes that drain us. Or, you know, I know like when I come down round to doing my financial admin for work, you know, it really drains me. <laughs> you kind of have to do it because there isn't anyone else to do it you know um so you know we can't do everything we love and that energizes us all the time but the idea with strengths is that we do more of what energizes us than what doesn't and we try and find environments and jobs that sort of match our natural strengths and that's the same as the engagement that i did in communities as well i mean when i one of the one of the sort of most successful programs i did in the community was Around this thing called asset based community development was ways you build on the strengths of commun- communities and, and my role in the community there I went in as a community development worker um, was really to notice the strengths of residents and you know often when people don 't feel included or they don 't feel confident, um, they feel maybe they 've not got much to offer the world and you know I talked about mental health never as being as important as it is now with the way people are feeling and we need to notice each other's strengths and what we do well and feed back on that Um, and that's really what i did in the community you know that was my main role really was to notice people's strengths and to kind of connect people and harness those strengths and we really transformed um a statistically deprived very community very deprived community um by doing that really but the other Mm. strand i wanted to talk about was coaching as well and that's where i think there's an overlap with the workplace and communities is when i was in the community again my role was as a coach and that is something that i think we don't do in communities enough um, what I've noticed from my 20 years experience um, working in communities was that the sort of authorities end up in communities like the council or large charities or the housing associations. Um, it, its Sometimes you can get into those roles of seeing people the community as being sort of passive recipients to what you're actually offering um, rather than active agents of change and the same in the workplace as well you know we've got like hierarchical systems sometimes where the sort of managers and leaders think that they're there to make all the decisions and um, you know that, that actually we're going to come up with something and then we're going to tell you what that is whereas actually you often get more ownership and accountability if you get people involved in design the solutions so coaching I think is something that we can draw on more for thinking about you know we haven't always got to have all the answers ourselves we can bring people along with us and and look at our staff strengths and think right you know Jodie's particularly creative you know we need some ideas let's get in a room and 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 talk through what 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 things could look like in the future so Mm. I think for me coaching and strengths Were two key strands that overlapped the community work I've done and and the workplace wellbeing work that I'm doing as well. Yes, yeah, yeah, and I guess you know an opportunity to sort of learn
0: in both areas to sort of develop both areas. As you say, you know, coaching perhaps is something that's that's not spoken about or potentially used as much in communities, and there's a lot of that happens in organisations. I suppose strengths. It's probably a bit more generic across the two, but maybe also not talked about in, in those terms, I suppose, but um, interesting. Yeah. again, I said, talking to, you know, Scott um, talks about sort of engagement as a thing, regardless of where you are, it's the sort of thing we're saying here, isn't it, that if you're um, engaging people, whether it's in the community or in the workplace or somewhere else, um, that there is the, that sort of opportunity to, to learn from all those different environments, I guess, and, and take some of that learning into the other environment. <laughs> um yeah so let's talk a bit um more about you know when you are engaging people when you are inspiring people in those communities and workplaces what
1: sort of results happen yeah well i think um i mean i i've always been very interested in systems you know and um we set a wellbeing well-being up really to to be very much about workplace well-being systems because what we what we mm. saw was that um you know a lot of well-being initiatives that were brought in um could end up being a little bit sort of tokenistic or short-term Um, And, you know, the research shows that if you create systems, long term, sustainable systems, um, you you know, around well-being and performance, um, then the results are going to be greater and your return on investment will be greater than if you just do sort of reactive or shorter term programs. So I suppose Mm. I've I've always been involved with creating systems and projects and strategies throughout all my roles, really, um, that create long term change um so i suppose in in the communities um i suppose it's about sustainability and um you know i, I worked on a lot of projects actually that, that didn't have sustainability really you know and as soon as the funding stops you know the project stops um yeah well i think probably the most successful i did uh, program I did within communities was around asset-based community development and I'm still very passionate about that now and I think it's got a lot of the answers for things that are coming up like the COVID and the pandemic and the inequalities that that, that we're seeing and asset-based community development as I say builds on strengths of communities and so um, it helps to connect the strengths within that community so one community I worked in for instance um, it's all around trust and relationships which again very similar to workplace really about building trust with people and and building long-term relationships and it took a long time you know and this this is the thing with short-term targets and short projects they don't always give you the time to build those trust and and relationships that you need and luckily Mm -hmm. the program that we delivered in the community around asset-based community development allowed us to do that so you know we didn't have to get 20 people back to work within a week you know um because yeah. the problem with that is that you know if, if the community knows that your agenda is to get them back to work and you've only got a few weeks to do it you don't it becomes more about your goals and your agenda than the community. so we mm. were lucky and we had the, we had the time to build the trust and relationships but what ended up happening was the community we, we had time to look at what mattered for the community. What was the most important thing that they wanted to work at? And that could be f- a few things, you know, you might have one one mm. little group over here doing gardening and another doing something else over here. But in the end, they they ended up building this sort of residence group that, which turned into a charity, which ended up doing affordable food. So they picked up the, the, the food from supermarkets and distributed it into the community Um and that they've now got a shop, and and and, and they um, help people who are struggling in the community. So for COVID, you know, it's been brilliant because they provided food into the community support. Mm. Um, and this, you know, th- this was in in an area that is statistically deprived. Um, mm. So you know, there was a lot of barriers to people getting involved, and um, you know, so- sort of there was a lot of need in the community really which yeah. now residents yeah. are tackling so it's been sustainable and long term and the same yeah. for the workplace so we're working on a big program at the moment where you know we've spent time looking at um you know what is already going on in the workplace what can we build on how can we build well-being into existing systems rather than having it as an add-on and we're finding that that's working a lot better we've got much better engagement with leadership teams for, for instance so you know if in a leadership team they've suddenly got this whole new program to do and everyone's you know stressed out anyway from from everything they've got to manage you know it becomes something that's quite stressful you know and, and i said at the beginning of this program, you know, we don't want a well-being program to make everyone stressed. You know, (laughs) that would be sort of counterproductive. Um, So we've looked at all the systems and we started building better engagement into the existing systems. So, for instance, in one project I'm working at, they were already building safety champions. You know, because safety is a big part of their work. So we've looked at like adding health in. You know, health and safety is a term we know, but often we 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 sort of associate with safety more than health. So we're kind of building up the health part of it. You know, how can we have good well being as well as, you know, safety? How can we not just prevent accidents, but how can we prevent psychological risk happening or, or you know, um sort of damage to our psychological wellbeing? How can we stop that happening? How can we build environments where people flourish? Um, and what we found is the leaders have been really engaged and now we're sort of that's flowing down into the Work, uh, you know, into the workers really, and and the idea mm-hmm. is that that everyone will be involved really in designing the future and what it looks like. Whether that just be that they give their ideas, or whether that be that they get into a room and help to plan it, but trying to get sort of le- all levels of the organisation involved, not just it being the leaders passing it down into the workforce as this is our solution for you. You know, mm-hmm. it's about co-production, I suppose.
0: Yeah, yeah. And when we um, first met, we spent a bit of time talking about um, the whole sort of bottom up um, situation. I said, you know, as a a movement, we've uh, at times over the years talked about how we can do some stuff around sort of encouraging employees to think about engagement so that they push up and ask for it rather than, um it it always focusing on the leaders and the the managers so we had quite a an interesting conversation around that how do you think some of the stuff that you've talked about can help with that sort of bottom-up approach in in work as as well as in the community and maybe in again i (laughs) I
1: know It's, it's um I mean, I suppose most of my career really has been about bottom-up approaches and that very grassroots type way of working, whether that being communities or kind of workplaces. Um, it's, it's. I mean, I remember what somebody once said to me, oh, you know, you're quite, quite a top-down, bottom-up person. I, I kind of wasn't sure whether that was a compliment or not really, but I think it was because I think it's something about, you know, obviously you need the leadership to be on board um with what you're doing so i suppose in that way it's kind of top down because if if the leaders aren't on board with it you know especially i suppose in a workplace um it is difficult to actually make it happen but once the leaders Mm -hmm. are on board it's about the leaders you know uh, understanding and being on board with that bottom-up approach so understanding what it is for a start um but mm-hmm. we, we tend to have quite hierarchical systems i think both in the workplace and in communities so in communities what tends to happen is you have partnership working which is a good thing so you, you will have you know the housing association the council the lead charities in an area um you know partners health health partners coming together to, to come up with a plan for the community um, but what can tend to happen with that and I, I think it's probably also people have leadership strengths which is a good thing but what I found in communities I had to try and shelve my leadership strengths in a way because my job was to find the community leaders so it was actually noticing leadership skills in others rather than me taking over so sometimes you know in the community we'd sit in a meeting that someone had said they were going to lead but they they were scared of leading it you know and I wanted Mm -hmm. to jump in and lead it but I I, I stopped myself because it's that thing of letting other people find their feet and, and and learn new skills and build their confidence you know rather than and I've noticed this with people who go into communities, that they find that hard because they just want the project to happen, which is fair enough. And often we have these short-term targets and we have to take over with our own leadership skills. But I suppose yeah. a key word for me would be co-production. And that's a word we use in the workplace wellbeing programmes that we run um, as mm-hmm. well as in the community. So co-production, uh, co-design as well, co-design, co-production, Um is about really um you know what we used to see a lot in communities is consultation practice which i, I sort of became a bit averse to in the end was you know we'd, we'd get the invite the community along have lovely clip charts around the wall and you know this happens in workplaces as well and we all decide what we want but there's a lot of things that are difficult there because one you've only got a couple of hours sometimes people don't really know what they want or what the solutions could be you haven't got that time to build up trust and then you sort of the leaders take the flip charts away and then they decide how it's going to be whereas i suppose co-production is much more about you know the the, the, the workplace being in the, or the community being involved in that design um going forward so ascent for instance we have four stages of the program that we go through so we go through discover where we look at what what well is like at the moment what have you currently got in place dreaming and that's a big part where you can use coaching to dream about what exceptional wellbeing would look like and then design you all design together the new future and then deliver you actually deliver it and then somewhere along the line there you build in measurement and, and evaluation as well um mm i think it's really about i mean the strengths thing comes into it as well because it's about knowing your people building up that trust with your people um and then understanding what they have got to offer and contribute and where they become energized and what inspires them and starting to notice more i suppose with your workforce about how they operate together and inclusion is a big part of that i mean it's a huge part in communities you know about people not feeling included and. In their- think we tend to feel like if with if we've got particular strengths like if for instance speaking up in a meeting is easy for us then we forget that for some people it's not easy you know so it's actually giving people a safe space i think to actually say how they feel and recognizing that there will be barriers to that and how how one put person communicates won't be how someone else communicates what respect looks like to one person won't be how it looks like to another so i think coaching groups to actually come up with their own sort of set of guidelines about how they're going to run together um, or run a project together but recognizing that certain people will probably take over because maybe it's their natural leadership skills or something like that Um, but actually you have to realize what those barriers are to people not participating and telling them that it's okay and and recognizing that they have got strength so even if they are scared to speak up in a meeting they will have other things that they can contribute in different ways and it's about trying to value everybody Mm. Mm.
0: yeah
1: yeah
0: so uh we're we're, we're coming to the last sort of six minutes or so of of the show um it it just flies past (laughs) um (laughs) and i'm really intrigued sort of connect what we've been saying to the sort of unprecedented events that we're we're in Um, and one of the things that's sort of frustrating me with a sort of narrative in in the business sort of corporate world at the moment is a bit of you know getting back to normal or, or sort of going back to the office going you know back to how we've done things sort of thing because for me I think it's about moving forwards and you know what we did might not be the way the right way moving forwards but you know who knows Mm -hmm. we don't know yet um how can we apply some of this thinking to what our organizations are doing um you know moving forward given we're in such a difficult time and you know and it's there's so much uncertainty as, as we know we're recording it in the week where you know lockdown's been announced again so you know we think we're moving forwards and then you know it goes backwards again sort of thing what what can yeah. we do in organization what can leaders do to use some of this stuff to you know hopefully carve a path out in the future with their organization and their team
1: yeah no definitely I, I think um I mean uh, this word resilience is, is a key word uh, for me when I'm thinking about you know COVID and the pandemic yeah. and lockdowns and how people are feeling um and I think you know if if you have built up that sort of engagement, those trusting environments, those places where you're noticing people's strengths, where people aren't afraid to speak up, where people feel valued and respected, if you've got that that kind of culture, um, then I think you're going to be a lot more resilient when things come along like this, because you will have that sort of team where you can discuss things, you can pull on people's strengths for different ideas, you design new things together Um, so I think really it's about building resilience uh, within your teams uh, within the communities like I mentioned the community you know having that sustainable way of working so that now whatever happens and whatever comes along you know there's a group of people who are pulling on different strengths in the community to kind of you know sort of tackle the things that are coming along and it's the same with the workplace really Um, so i think really leaders you know if 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 there there hasn't been that focus on that kind of culture you know now is a great time to do that and to look kind of well-being within the team and actually looking at some of the barriers about you know around inclusion um about people feeling respected and valued um and sort of so it'd be a great time really for leaders to get teams together and, and just start listening about, you know, how people are feeling now, what is going on now? How could we make things better in the future? You know, at the start of the meeting, what we're doing at the moment in one of our programs is we're looking at meeting culture as well. And like, you know, how, you know, how many times do we go to a meeting where it's fun, where it's, you know, um, especially on zoom at the moment, you're all on zoom, you know, it's it's, it's, how can we how can we create meeting cultures or group cultures where we can all talk where we can feel listened to and I think part of that is spending some time at the beginning of it so you could set up some sessions for instance to look at wellbeing or to look at the COVID and pandemic lockdowns whatever's going on and, and sort of spend half an hour an hour at the beginning saying right what do we want this meeting to be like you know what how can we get the best out of each other you know how can we make sure we listen and how can we hold each other accountable so we keep revisiting that so many times i've seen you know i'm sure you have you know the code of conduct that you come up with and you have respect on there you know but then that's just a piece of paper that sits on the side it doesn't really mean anything so how can we make it bring it to life and keep coming back to it and you know even at the end of each meeting can we rag rate it or something you know and 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 find out how people are feeling Um, um, and mm-hmm. I think also with users sharing their own vulnerability, you know, um, I think growth mindset. As, as well is, is, is another area that I think people could look into Carol Dweck's done some great research around growth mindset and that what yeah. it is about creating a growth mindset culture so you're looking at the process as well as the outcome we're so target oriented we're very very focused on the targets aren't we but actually what are we learning as we go along and what about when things go wrong let's let's celebrate that you know let's celebrate our mistakes and and it's about leaders role modeling that as well and, and role modeling their own well-being and their own ways of doing things and saying it's okay to make mistakes as long as we engage with that process and look at um you know the learning that we've got from that and you'll find in the end your targets will you'll probably exceed your child targets more by doing that than just being very target focused where you're not really looking at the process as you go along
0: Mm-hmm. yeah well um thank you um, it's been quick as ever um loads in there and some really good tips there for organizations uh, moving towards in these uh, challenging and and uncertain times so thank you for joining me today
1: oh thanks Joe it's been great i've really enjoyed it thanks for listening
0: and just to let you know next week Joe Moffat will be back and she'll be talking to Harry Morton of Lower Street and they're going to be talk about talking about how to create an engaging private podcast for your team engage for success radio raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a
1: better way to work